everyone, and welcome to Bad End Podcast, episode 122. I am your co-host today, Kyle Cooksdale, joined as always when I'm on the pod by none other than Joshua Calixto. I'm back again. We're trying to make What's it be up? regular, trying to trying to not disappear for seven months. We're doing um, our best. <laughs> yeah, trying to do our best. Uh, you know, what I'll say, Josh, is that after disappearing for seven months, after having a kid, it's really nice because what games you're interested in playing uh, are now all on sale now. So like mm. if you're not up to date, everything's always on sale that you're interested in. So that's been sort of fun to see stuff that I still don't have time to play, but if I wanted to play it, I could spend like 50% less monies. Um, yeah. I, or it's either that or it's on game pass. Like I really held out on Ghostwire Tokyo, just crossing my fingers just, like, that we get that day, game pass baby. release. There were so many times when I was like, I should buy Ghostwire Tokyo. And I'm like, no, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Yeah. And it just came out. And uh, so I will be playing Ghostwire Tokyo. Our friends over at Bullet Points, Bullet Points Monthly, if you haven't checked them out, they're on Superculture. They did a whole Ghostwire Tokyo month. And I was like sad that I didn't get to look at those or well, not look at those articles, but like understand what was going on in the articles because I hadn't played the game yet. But here I am about to play this game, but I've been playing a lot of other games. Other games. Yeah. Nice. I heard there were other video games other than Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, there's a few. Um, Anything specific oh, you want to talk about April on Bad Fool's End Podcast Day episode 122? <laughs> April Fool's Day happened since the last time we recorded, and um, they came out with a new Sonic game in the t- oh, yeah. <laughs> on, for April Fool's. <laughs> it's called The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. And what's interesting about this uh, fellow Bad End Superculture Discord member, Devin, was saying that it was basically like put together by the marketing team over at Sega. Well, because we'll and take yeah, a step it's back, like, right? It's not like a real, I mean, I, real is in like, it's not a Sonic game where you're like running around on platforms. It's like a visual novel, right? Right. So yeah. it is a visual novel, detective, point and click kind of mystery, Phoenix Wright-esque game. It takes about an hour and a half to finish this game. But it's interesting because it is currently the highest rated Sonic game. It's like this or the second (laughs) highest. I think it's like the second highest rated Sonic game. Got a lot of acclaim. And it's just it's really an interesting game to play. I I really got I played it. If you haven't, you should. It's free. Yeah, there's there's like so much to talk about with this game. First off. So again, it feels like a Phoenix Wright game, but like just more linear. There, there'll be point and click sections where you're trying to find clues, but those sections are essentially just, you know, there's three or four things in the background that you can click on and they all show like a green highlight when you hover over it. So it's very clear, like what's clickable and what's not. Um, It'll either give you a clue or you will have a little bit of dialogue with Tails, who's kind of your main partner in crime. Are you playing as Sonic or Sonic Dead? Uh, yeah, let me get, I'll get to the story in just a second, but so it's, I I probably should have started with that, but, um, Uh, is it, uh, was it Isekai? No, no, it's not Isekai. You're not transported to another world. (laughs) You Josh. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like a right place to do that though. Right? Like you're, you go, It, it does, but okay. So here's the setup for the game from a plot perspective is that you are some, you, you work on this train that's just like this very sophisticated train and Sonic and all of the Sonic characters, Shadow, Knuckles, Tails, Rouge, uh, all these other characters come on the train and it's um, the birthday party of one of the characters. I, f- I forgot her name, dude. It's like Becky or something. She's like, <laughs> she's just, like, dude, the Sonic cast name is they're like unhinged. I know, like I at know, first they're they like, cool, it's going to be animal themed. And then they kind of like just go to the, like, yeah, Becky. Classic Sonic I don't think it's Becky. Becky. Yeah, Rouge. Like, what the hell? I thought Shadow. that's is it, isn't it Rogue? No, it's Rouge. I actually took no a second way. to think about no it because way. I wasn't sure. I yeah, no, you probably thought someone was spelling it incorrectly as Rouge. <laughs> it's R O U G E, right? Or I mean, as as Rogue. Yeah, it's, no, but it is Rouge, I believe. You have Sonic, you can look Tails, this up. Knuckles, Espio, Vector. Espio, Vector. <laughs> I don't Rouge know like Rogue. any of these characters. Blaze, Shadow. Oh, Blaze. Yeah. What's the girl's name? It's not Becky, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you get on train. Oh, yeah. Amy. <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Duh. It's Amy's Amy. birthday Classic party. Sonic. 
it's Amy's birthday party and they're doing a murder mystery on the on the train. But the thing is that like all the characters quote play themselves. So they know that they're Sonic the Hedgehog and Tails and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they have they like have this awareness of who they are and how popular they are and what their reputations are within the larger cultural consciousness, okay. which is really like it's just a really fun setup. So you're just an employee on this train. It's your first day. You're very self-conscious. Once you realize, holy crap, like it's Sonic, it's all these other characters. Um, you, you know, you have trouble speaking because there's like voice options of what you're going to say next dialogue options. I mean, and um, the characters are like kind of laughing at you or just kind of making poking fun at you because you're so self-conscious about how you talk and whatnot. Um, but over the course of the game, you just like interact with these characters. And so they're playing a murder mystery on the train and you're trying to help Tails figure out what happened because um, essentially like they're they're playing a straight up murder mystery game. Mm -hmm. But something goes awry and uh -oh. it's unclear as to whether Sonic is actually dead or not. Uh, and then other stuff happens. And yeah, but it is wonderfully linear. Everything is like it feels to an extent like you can choose what's happening but you know it's it's pretty obvious that you can't but you can like kind of look around see what's happening uh let me pull up the video here for those who are tuned in with us on the stream but yeah you the art is you know it's great it runs really well and it it's smooth it it's all very clear what you're supposed to do and the dialogue is really well written and charming and well, the said, humor like, in it. One thing you said on discord that was interesting was that it was sort of like charming and funny without being like internet voicey or something. Like it's actually got like a writing style. That's not just like meme dialogue. Yes. So that was the real trick of this game to me. The thing that really pulled me in is that the writing is like, it's got moments that are legitimately funny, but that do not rely on that like millennial voice humor, internet humor, way too chronically online type stuff. There are mm -hmm. not really any internet references that I can think of or like meme humor in there, which I really like about it, but it's still funny. And just, just the the way that the like quote lore is set up in the game, it's just a really charming little game and takes about an hour and a half to play through this thing. You're not really going to get stuck. Um, there are moments. The I think the only thing about this game to me that was kind of annoying is that uh, when you the way it works is like similar to Phoenix, right? Where you have these clues and you're trying to interrogate the characters and check their alibis and see whether what they're saying is true or false or real or not. And so you kind of present the evidence that you've collected to them. But in order to like come up with the big insights and revelations, you do this little mini game where you're quote thinking like Sonic, but it is actually a Sonic like endless runner type mini game <laughs> that you have to play <laughs> when you're talking to the characters. So that gets a little bit frustrating just because um, it's not a very well set up mini game mm -hmm. and it, just like every other Sonic game, like the gameplay is the least interesting part, you know, and, um, or I should say the action gameplay is basically the least interesting part, but yeah. Some other things I kind of noticed I saw, about I saw this on game. on the screen right now. I see Sonic. Yeah. He's on a screen. Is he and dead? Dude, Sonic is like such a celeb. He's such a celeb in this game. They're all just like, it's that's is Wait, that is really he Sonic the Hedgehog? Is he dead? Well, this is when they first get on the train and they're about to play the murder mystery game. So Okay, so you don't start out with like a dead Sonic. Yeah, no, no. It's okay. not like who's I wasn't spoiling the game. Everybody gets on the train, it's just a birthday party, and they're gonna play a murder mystery game. So one of the people is going to get quote murdered anyway. In this case, it happens to be Sonic. But the question is whether or not he's really dead. <laughs> You're kind of like trying to figure that out over the course of the game as well as who done it. But yeah, it's the because it's so linear, the game is able to like just take the gameplay in different directions, right? Because the restrictions allow you to be more adventurous, which I think is something that's underrated about games. Like they feel the need to build these massive worlds and it just makes it so that you have almost less flexibility. Like you're more concerned with just making the base MVP thing as opposed to having this rigid system and doing interesting things within it that are also 
by, you know, inherently going to be different than what other games are doing. So you have a few sequences in this game that are just like really different from everything else that you're seeing, even though the like structure of the gameplay of like VN is not changing. It's just that like what you're seeing and what you're doing is way different in a way that's surprising. And it's like, that reminds me a little bit of like what was really nice about, um, Piku Niku, which I like talking, I'm talking about enough. I feel like the game is incredible, but it's like a sort of like a 2d side scrolling action platformer game, but it's got Mm -hmm. this like paper Mario ish humor and tone, but it's very simple and it's constrained. But what it means is that like, sort of like what you're talking about, there's very specific things that you can do that have very specific, nice moments that arise from how it's like very linear in some ways. So it's like having that constraint of stuff where it's like, well, we're not going to like give you more abilities. Like we're not going to scale you like uh in like a Metroidvania game or something where you're getting different attacks and stuff. It's that you're just sort of finding new things and using that same like base skill set, we'll we'll like put our efforts less around trying to give you new doors you can open and more about like new ways to interact with the world, which I think is like, I don't know. It's like it's a very nice uh way to approach a game. And I think that's also, I mean, I believe I was on the podcast when I said that the new Paper Mario, whatever year it came out, Origami King was like my favorite game of that year. Sort yeah. of similar where it's like sort of rigid in some ways, but it allows it to be like really kind of open, open, I, know, I guess not open-ended, but it's that when it does stuff, it can really do things and not necessarily rely on player initiated things for that to happen. Right. It's like by setting up very rigid expectations, you're able to subvert them fairly easily and frequently. Yeah. Which I think is what they're doing really well. Um, all, a couple more things I want to say about Sonic. And then I totally forgot about Paranormosite, which I really wanted to talk about. Mm. Um, Sonic also moments that I felt like it was very similar to like a shonen in that you're this self-conscious character who looks up to Sonic and it has that kind of fanfic-y sort of gratification sense where it feels like you're interacting with this character that you've known your whole life, but you are actually there. There's that sense of urgency and in the moment kind of interaction that you get here which is something that I also really like about it. And you got Sonic kind of like being like, you got this, like you're, you know, don't underestimate yourself. And it just feels really cool. Like it feels like you're living out of fan fiction. Even if you are not a huge Sonic fan or anything, it's not necessary in this case. But yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this game. Like I'll check it out. It's it's only an hour and a half. I will say I've been like um recently, just in the past like two weeks, I had like a hard time playing video games because... It's like I sit at my computer all day. I don't want to do stuff. And then like I can like kind of play console stuff, but I've taken more to like playing more stuff on Steam Deck. And I'm like getting into it, like just being able to pull up basically a PC that you can like sit on a couch and play sort of like a switch. All right, of a sudden, right. my like giant backlog feels a little bit more accessible. So yeah, like I'm playing something on Steam Deck. I can talk about a little later, but this definitely seems like a good Steam Deck game where it's like you pop it back sitting down you got an hour to burn at some point or like 30 minutes here and there and then like that's it Uh, it is a great steam deck game and so is paranormal site because it is also can we maybe not talk about this and talk about it next week or in two weeks so i am interested in sort of playing it and i want to be able to talk about it because it seems like there's like it's you you and other people in the discord have mentioned it being really good and i wonder if we if on the podcast right now we say next week we'll talk about paranormal site we can get yeah, some yeah, more yeah. people ready no that makes sense i'll say just just as Play a couple paranormal of site. comments <laughs> first off paranormal site it's not the best game you've ever played it's not it's not like gonna revolutionize video games but i will say that it is it's kind of the game that i want to see made more mm. which is a game that is very confident, a game that has great, you know, really good writing, doesn't take itself too seriously, but deals with very like mature themes. And that is just like weird. And it's got the Japanese uh, VN thing of like making you do these fourth wall breaking things that are just like charming and silly. And um, yeah, I, I, the, the common thread between this game and Sonic, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is that they feel very linear. Uh, in a lot of ways, which I think is underrated in this day and age. Dude, like, that was like back when um, I think like 
Katie and I had played like Eliza, the like Zachtronics VN game. Right, right, right. It just felt so good to play just like a really fucking linear game that just had a story it wanted to tell. And you're like, oh, this is nice. Like it's a story. And I know that like all the VN crazy people are probably like rolling in their graves right now or whatever. But I do think that there's something to be said for like higher produced VNs that aren't just like Rinpai trash on some like random website or whatever it's like things that are trying to sort of reach outside uh i'm sure like if you were a vn person you'd be like well paranormal sites clearly like these other games but like you know paranormal sites on on our radar and so is like the murder of sonic the hedgehog <laughs> it's you know it's similar to like danganronpa Dang- yeah, like Dangan Dangan the, yeah. uh the like zero escape games was it 13 um, stuff like that also, well, that's not that was vanilla that's got a wear. strategy on the back. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's like a strategy game or a VN kind of package as a strategy game, I should say. Yeah, but okay, we'll talk, we'll save Paranormal Site, play for next Paranormal Site, bad end listeners, and we will talk about it in depth next week. It did take me about 10 hours, okay, but it's not, it's very uh, 10 hours and two weeks, bite size. like yeah. you can do, you can do it in little bursts cause it's, yeah. it's a very episodic feeling yeah. and, um, easy to kind of catch up where you left off, but okay. So oh, wait, can I actually talk got- about something that is related to sort of the train thing? Yeah, absolutely. So did I ever talk about a hat in time on the podcast? No, you did not. Dude. So when I was uh, in the throes of having an infant child, for whatever reason, like a hat in time was the game that I was able to play. And that game is really good. I don't like it's, it's came out probably a few years ago, but I was just like really itching to play a 3d like Nintendo style action platformer thing. And Josh Calixto of bad end podcast episode 122 you may be surprised to find that those are actually really hard to find. There are like not a lot of like 3D action adventure platformers. There's like so there's more remakes. Like there's like the Spyro thing. Um, there's the ukulele games. And a hat in time was sort of like the big one that got kickstarted like forever ago and um came out. And like it's really good. Um, just something about like the it's it, the sort of structure of the game is similar in spirit to like um, Super Mario Odyssey, where you have kind yeah. of like a level, and then there are you kind of explore that level multiple times for different goals. Uh, and I think that some of the goals can intermix, uh, and I think the starting point to each level is the same. But you're not, um, it's not like you go to like a level and you play a level. It's like kind of these worlds. And just like the sort of inventiveness of some of these like worlds and things feels like very Nintendo. It's like mm. you're um, so the, the one I was thinking about with this train, there's there's one level that's set on like basically it's murder on the Orient Express, which is basically what Sonic is. Uh, someone like dies and you're kind of like running around this train to uh, like figure out who did the mystery or whatever. But it's just kind of like really nice, well thought out like train with all these like secret passages and stuff. Um, there's another level that's like my favorite one is, uh, it's like basically like a giant back back lot for a movie set. There's like two kind of like warring film directors. And then one of them is like directing this movie. So you're like running around on like the back lot of this film set. And like, you're seeing all these like kind of just intricate, like set pieces kind of happen. And at the same time, while that stuff is happening, like just playing the game feels really good. Like it, it just like the traversal itself. It's pretty nice. Uh, it's maybe like a little floaty, which you can sort of see in the video that Josh has got up now if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, but like just generally, it just feels good to move around and like explore this world. But also like it's nice in the way where there's not like, like I think when you play, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, like Breath of the Wild maybe even or like Elden Ring or something. There's sort of like secrets around those games that you know if you go somewhere, you'll kind of be rewarded. Whereas like this is like there are like secrets in certain places, but it doesn't feel like you need to like comb the level to do all that yeah. stuff. So it makes the level kind of feel more playful where you can just kind of run around it instead of being like, oh, well, like, am I going to miss this thing? If I don't like do this thing in this very specific way. Um, and just like the the general scope of like the stuff in the game is pretty wild. Like you go from this like movie set the video you've got up now is like a sort of this act. This one's actually one of the most uninspired ones. It's just like a 
level. It's like a sort of city. There's <laughs> one that's like in this big magical forest. Um, there's a one on the train. Uh, I'm at one right now. That's like, it's almost like some sky islands and like skyward sword or something. I don't know. It's just like, but it's like just good. I was like really surprised. Cause the other thing that I haven't said yet is that this game looks like ass and it sort of runs like ass sometimes. Yeah. Too. I played it before and I remember being it like, this not, feels like a Kickstarter made game. It feels like it's barely kind of hanging together sometimes. Um, but you know what it does? Like, despite it seeming, I think it might've actually honestly crashed on me once on switch, but like, despite <laughs> that, like it, like once you kind of just are like, Hey, what well, looks kind of like, but, uh, it's like really fun and it's probably like the best like action adventure platformer I've played in like recent memory. And there is like some just fun stuff that kind of happens with the move set over time, similar to like maybe Mario Odyssey. Yeah. I, I don't know if, it's, if you're into this sort of game, like, like I said, there's really not a lot of them to really even like allow you to choose from. But if this is your thing, I would definitely recommend like giving it a go because it's pretty, uh, it's just good. It's just like, it feels good to play and run around in. Um, there's a lot of juice for conversation here too. It feels like, like there's so many things I'm thinking when I look at this footage and I look and I think about the action platformer and what happened to it yeah. and why it was like the game genre for such a long time. And it's just completely disappeared. Like this, the vibe of these levels is being such a playground versus like what we kind of have now, which you like, I think what you're talking about with regards to that latent mystery that we need to have in every yeah. kind of video game, it, it's so true. Like it's, it's wild to look at this game and see just like coins everywhere, just floating yeah, in the yeah, air. Yeah. Just like, like there's stuff. a coin, you get the coin. There's a star, there's a <laughs> balloon, there's like something for you to power up and it's all just there for you. And it's like, oh, I want to go there and just like play with this thing. It's like, it's a playground, you know, yeah. where when you are on the playground, you the excitement is that you see all the things that you can do and places that you can go laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. But it's just about how you're going to get there. That is what's fun. And what's and it's not about extent, like having know, nothing. It's like a playground where all like now it's like a playground, but all the toys are like hidden in the ground because digging is fun or something. And I would say a game that also is within this, you know, legacy is Tony Hawk. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how they had the tapes and the letters that were everything scattered about the le level. And it's like you have three minutes, mess around, collect this stuff and like just keep doing it over and over again. You know, that was like the whole pitch of the Tony I mean, Hawk also, games. Last episode, we talked a little bit about Pizza Tower. I think that's sort of similar as well, where it's mm, like, it's just a mm -hmm. fucking level and some stuff. Like it, it, in some ways it feels like more respectful of your time where it's like, it's a video game, go run around and have fun versus being like, you're only going to find the fun if you like self-flagellate yourself for the next four hours to find where the fun door is. It's like, no, there's a fucking level. There's a level. You go into the level in the game and you yeah. play the level. When games had levels, you know? Yeah, back when and games had levels. Not that this is good or bad. It's just it's just the signifier of what this kind of design is to me. But I feel like this is almost another one of the cultural reverberations felt uh, that was caused by Dark Souls style <laughs> games. You know, like th that's kind of what it is. I don't know, I think maybe it started like, earlier. Maybe but it's also like this is the well, this was kickstarted a while ago, but I think there's definitely something where people are going to get like souls exhausted and just be like, give me something. I just want to run around and swing a big sword and not have to like worry about dodging attacks. Right. And, you know, there's a place for that, but it's like there's value here that I think we could we can find more. We could get more out of, you know, I don't think we've seen all there is to see with this type of gameplay design. And it feels so it feels so rare now. You know? Yeah. I mean, the closest thing I think is like Psychonauts 2 just came out. Like, I feel like that's probably, I haven't sadly have not played that yet, but like, I think that that's sort of calling back as well. Um, where it's like, yeah, it's just a level you run around and like you do it. I mean, I think part of it is probably like, I think it was the thing like of just huge saturation of that type of game where people just didn't want it anymore. Like kind of had their fill. And now we're like on the opposite end where it's now it's the exception they just don't come out. Did you ever get into uh, Jack and Daxter? Were you ever a Jack and Daxter? I kid? was. I wasn't a P PlayStation person. Oh, okay. Because I feel like they were going in a good direction with that, where they were like, "All right, 
the video the landscape is changing we gotta like age up the jack series so they had jack two, which was jack. like edgelord yeah. jack jack two <laughs> <laughs> but i fucking love what was jack the new, but there was a new playstation i'm trying to think of the what's the other like mascot 3d platformer for playstation that had a release recently i feel like we're losing Horizon gamer zero points. dawn <laughs> <laughs> no what was i it? guess a lot of those games turned into like horizon zero dawn ratchet and clank oh yeah ratchet and clank yeah there you go which I, and those games still get reviewed really well you know yeah. Because I, so and I have wanted like to play that, like, but I don't want a PS5 yet. I don't have a PS5. Anyways. Maybe I feel like the theme this week is like bringing us back to pre-Dark Souls influence being the main cultural <laughs> touchstone in video games. Because it has just snuck its dilapidated millions of years old ancient tendrils into every single game in some way, shape or form, it feels. And to the point where it's killed a lot of other lines of thinking. Yeah. That I feel that. That and undeservedly so. Cause like I don't think the action platformer deserved to die off like this. I really don't. I mean I think like if you look at it though, like it makes more sense now as like a pivot point for other options. But at the time it was like this is just what it was. Like RPGs were still like like RPGs were starting to worm their way into everything else. But like you had no concept of like a like open world wasn't even really a thing. And the sort of like model made by ubisoft this was like what like platformer gave games like were yeah so but now that there's like other options i think it's made platformers more able to maybe be like something unique and be like okay we're actually good at this stuff versus trying to like be everything um right so that makes sense yeah uh pineapple on pizza i played pineapple <laughs> on pizza <laughs> I don't understand. So I found this game because I follow like steam, uh, like market stuff. And I saw that it was like came out and had like a billion reviews and it was very positive and it was super short. And I was like, okay, what's a meme game. So like what's happening? It's free too. So like there's that. And I'll say what happened that I saw. I played it. And so spoilers for pineapple on pizza. If you don't want to listen yeah, if, to this, if you don't want go play the game, it takes like 10 literally minutes 10 minutes. Uh, uh, it's free on steam. I, so you're on an Island and there's like people dancing around to music, almost like the, like Koopas and Mario and they're dancing around a volcano. And then you like walk into the volcano and then it like explodes and they all catch on fire. And then the game ends at least. So I thought, <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. I talked yeah, to yeah, Josh yeah. about this and he was like, <laughs> he was like, Oh, you can, you can escape the Island. And I was like, huh? Rewind just a sec. Okay. All right. Let's, let's read the, about this game from the steam page. Eating a pizza is like holding a party in your mouth, but what would that party feel like if the pizza had pineapple on it? Pineapple on pizza is a short game about exploring an Island full of dancing people, finding a way to ruin the party and unexpectedly enjoying it. We strongly encourage you to stop reading and just play it. Surprise does enhance the flavor. Um, so that's the pitch. But it feels to me like a game jam game where the concept was like, what if, what if we tried to get, make the sensation of pineapple on pizza into a video game? What would that look like? And this was like the third idea that they came up with and just decided to run with it. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that's what this feels like to me. You got any takeaways from this game? It's stupid. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like a joke game. It's I'm I don't understand unless I'm missing something completely, which maybe I am. I don't care about it. It's it's weird that it's on the radar, though I realize now why people are talking about it is because so I read on Rock Paper Shotgun that this company puts out like a dumb short game every year or something. And the last one they did was the also viral meme game. The one who pulls out the sword will be crowned king. Do you, do you, do you ever play this or do you know about this? No, I didn't. I, so the whole aware. game is literally uh, you stare at a sword in the stone and you like click it once and you may or may not be the person to pull it out of the sword in the stone. So that was like pretty popular. That's actually sort of interesting in terms of like social dynamics 
of like in like virality where you you're incentivized to tell someone else about the game because they could be the one to pull the sword out of the stone for pineapple on pizza. It's got like none of that. As far as I can tell, it's just like one joke, but Josh, feel free to blow the lid off what actually happens and what I missed. I, there is not that you didn't miss anything. Like you can escape, (laughs) you can escape the Island because there's like little boats on the shore and you just go over to the boat and you'll escape. But then, like something happens, and it the boat explodes, and then like oh yeah, the I saw island, the, I saw like, the boat like it get hit shows by, like, a molten lava or something. It shows like the island from above, and it looks like a pizza with pineapple on it. Yeah, um, got him. Uh, my take on this <laughs> is that it's it feels like they are trying to replicate. I, I like this idea of like a game that is like trying to emulate a. Uh, feeling that is totally I think you're not grasping for straws it's so I dumb. am not I'm not I'm not I'm not I, I it says in the thing like this is what they're going for like what if we made a game that was like pineapple on pizza which obviously I think it's a dumb concept I think that it doesn't pull it off very well I uh, yeah I, I don't think it pulls it off well I don't think it's a great concept but just the I, the idea itself is interesting and the fact that they do it and they go for it in 10 minutes is admirable and i would like to see more games quote like this not that are like similar to this game but that are trying to do something that is like oh what if we tried to emulate this feeling using a video game or just like these little ex- stylistic exercises but i would like to see it done better obviously but i don't think we get enough of this type of thing here's a question josh is pineapple on pizza problematic Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's problematic. It feels very like 2012 yeah. pre-canceled. It's one of those things where when you're playing it, you're like, someone's going to write an article about this, making me feel bad about playing it. <laughs> Cork. <laughs> well, they'll write about Ghostwire Tokyo being on Game Pass. Yeah. They don't make, they don't make think pieces anymore. Thank goodness. This is a weird game that like, um, so I'm like sort of reading, there's a book called There Is No Anti-Memetics Division, uh, which is like a sci-fi book. And it's, it's about like, uh, it's kind of like inspired by SCP stuff. But one of the ideas of this thing of an anti-meme is a, uh, it is a, it is a thing that uh, has properties that make it hard to talk about or like either mm-hmm. through like psychic whatever, but like, Imagine you have an idea that you try to express, but you just get bored about talking about it. You don't talk about it anymore. <clears throat> so it's a thing that by its nature existing is hard to describe. This is like the inverse of that. You might call it a meme, but it's almost like a super meme because, or like whatever the, if you imagine there's a, a spectrum from like anti-meme to meme and then the other, like a hyper meme. This is like a hyper meme because this game accrues value from talking about it, but not actually being representative of the thing itself. Like in the, in the discord, someone else was talking about it and I was, I was trying to describe what the game is. And I'm like, by describing this game, I'm already making it sound more interesting than what this game is. So do not believe, like, don't look at this statement as like, it, it is not this interesting, but it, this is what's happening. But in talking about it, you make it sound like more. And it sort of feels like that is happening with this game. where like by, by just talking about it and saying there's like a twist in this like stuff or something about it is like, it's not just a full joke game. There's like this, uh, I don't know. It's something about talking about this game makes people want to play it versus just saying it's a joke, which is sort of funny. But this is what I like about the game because first off, how many games have we spent dozens of minutes talking about that? was fucking 30 hours of kind of BS gameplay that you get tired of crafting over and over and over for a couple cut scenes. And everyone's just talking about like the final three hours of the game, because that's like the thing. This is like, it is a conversation in and of itself. It says everything that it's trying to say, whether you think it did it well or not. I I don't think that it did. It's, it's doing all it wants to accomplish in like a very short 10 minute span of time. And it got attention because of that. It strikes up conversation. And you know what else does this, Kyle? What? Um, Gravity the, 
<laughs> any you know marcel duchamp you know what i'm saying <laughs> the the toilet the toilet the ur- the urinal thing man i mean it's it's not it, it is what it is like it's being presented as just like a something you piss into but what's that what's that piece called oh my god i'm my art history idiocy is showing the toilet it doesn't it have like a, an official name yeah it's um fountain fountain that's the name of the work it's called fountain it's like fountain you know what's what's the different what are, like i understand that fountain takes I place think was, in a larger like, artistic context well, something about fountain is more about recontextualizing the concept of art and what art can be so like I think the fountain equivalent would be putting something that's not a game on steam, but sort of demanding it be considered as a game and being able to be paid for as a game. And I think that pineapple on pizza is very aware that it's a game, (laughs) but it's more, it's, it's like, and no one is going to say that it's like not a game. And maybe that's because of all like the walking sim people that like kind of paved the way, but there's something about it itself where it's like, it is just a joke but it's like a joke that is selling for $1 now and has, we'll round down to 10,000 reviews, which means it sold about 600,000 copies. I think it's free. <laughs> so, I got it. I downloaded it for free. It was free when I got it to it's, it's $1 now. It's just looking on steam. Oh wait, no. So okay. the, sorry. No, the, the, the soundtrack is a dollar. So I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. Um, but I mean, that's like a lot of people, 600,000 yeah, yeah, people yeah. played your joke and there's like, increasingly as someone who like makes games, I'm like, if you're not making memes, like what are you doing? It's funny. Cause like for every, for every one successful joke game, there's like 30 unsuccessful, well-funded video games that like just didn't get traction. Yeah. And this, this seems more sustainable. You're telling me I can make like a one beat joke and have 600,000 people play my game on steam. Like that sounds nice. <laughs> I, for the record. Okay. I don't think that this is as contextually important as Fountain. I don't think that it's like but I think nearly it's, I think as it subversive. Like, it's not going for I that. I think it's indicative though. It's like this only happens in digital distribution. This game would never happen in physical distribution, right? I think yeah. you I think you can like sort of maybe make the case for physical for a lot of stuff, but like no one is going to print a disc of pineapple on pizza unless like they do a super edition or whatever and crows, crows, crows buys them or something. But there's something about like this we like this is a type of game that does well on Steam, which I think should be sort of like a reflective moment to say like, well, what are what are we doing, man? Like this this I don't know, sure. <laughs> which isn't a value judgment, yeah. But it's interesting to know that like it's like the difference between um, <laughs> like watching a well produced cooking show on Food Network versus that dude that like swirls beers and like gullets them uh, and like cracks eggs. You know what I'm talking about? He like puts it in like the beer thing and he like. Oh, the Chinese guy. Yeah. 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 What's that? I forget what his name is. Oh, it's like, it starts with a P. I forgot. But they're both getting at the idea of cooking. Right. But yeah. they're going about it through ways that vary. This game exists on steam. Like you could, you can play it as like in the same place where you can play Skyrim. Like it's sort of, I don't know. It's like whole point is to be a game that people talk about and right. not it's to a, be it's like a, a quote, good game or a quote, good piece of art. According you know, here. but you know who else has been doing this too forever didn't get the recognition they deserved. Arcane kids room of a thousand snakes. I think that they did. They lacked the platform copacetic-ness of that. Yeah. 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 Itch is much Less. Okay. Uh, Coconut says, I have no idea how you could even represent the quote sensation of pineapple on pizza. It's not that special a thing to represent. I agree. (laughs) 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 When I was dating, okay, there was every fucking profile changed my mind about pineapple on pizza. (laughs) Like, bro, this stop the, the pineapple on pizza conversation. But they, you know, they made it into a video game and it's doing buku numbers so good for them you know um we've i have we've a, said a enough yeah so so a game that's sort of similar is that i've been playing a lot of bone razor minions <laughs> which is another steam ass game um bone razor minions is <laughs> uh it's a vampire survivor but 
uh, it's Vampire Survivor, but you, it's the, the, the main attack method is minions and you can sort of add persistent stuff on the map per each run. Uh, and you have spells. I don't actually know what late game vampire survivor is like, and it is good, but I like hate myself every time I play it because I'm like, I thought I was better than this. I thought that <laughs> when it came down to it, I would play something that was doing something different. And this is not, it's just doing the same thing, but different. And I don't know how to feel about that, Josh. I don't know how to, I don't know if it's, I don't know how to have fun anymore or like what, but maybe you're uh, just, maybe you've succumbed to the, to the F word. I think maybe I have. It's just, it's the, it's not, there's nothing like new to say about it that hasn't already been said about vampire survivors. I think there's, what's more interesting is like looking at the vampire survivor likes lineage. Like it's happening. There are a lot of games out there like vampire survivors. Uh, and it sort of seems like it struck a nerve and the core, like the core formula is like fun or like compelling or I don't know what, I don't know what to call it. That said, I got really sad when like they like won the award recently or something for like best design because it's yeah. like, are you fu- like, what the, what are we fucking doing? This, this there's like, <laughs> this is not, there's like some design here. But like, what? What? Are, it's the simplicity, the elegance, Kyle. I may, maybe that you're missing out on. I mean, I get the, it. I get it. It's just like it's like if it's like if the art industry decided to award best art of the year to a <laughs> like ten year old that was really able to copy Van Gogh's style, mm. and you're like, well, yeah, I guess they did do a thing that qualifies as art and it's is pretty but like we're not it feels regressive like it really just feels like it it feels weird to hold this up and it's like sort of scary how appealing this idea is and i think it says a lot about i say it's it says more about modern society than i think it says about video games and i felt very similar about like strategy games especially kind of like <laughs> I don't devolving is not the right word, but the sort of rise of like the simple strategy game where like, like stuff like dwarf romantic or like townscaper or other stuff that is kind of being billed as like strategy game, but is like not really any of those things where you're just kind of like doing very simple actions that are like almost like a literal child's game. Okay. Dwarf romantic yeah. is not, that game is freaking complex, dude. No, you're just placing tiles that are adjacent to other tiles that are the same type. The, but the scoring system stuff is like so deep. Sort of. But like that's, oh. you're, you're, you're doing one action. You're placing a tile. You place a tile and if it's close to stuff that's the same, then it's worth more points. You can uh, be good at like other children's games by applying more brain power than a four-year-old, but that doesn't mean the game is I think that's reductive. I think that saying you're just placing a tile is somewhat reductive. Maybe. But also, I think... But the point is still there, right? Like, compared to... No, no, yeah, I know what you're saying. And I think, like, it's sort of like this... It's it's just... It's like a thing, like, the sort of micro versions of things. And I'm not saying those games are bad, to be clear, but I think that it is... You look at like games culture writ large and seeing this kind of like reduction of complexity to like hit mass appeal, I think is indicative of like society's fucking stressed. And so like the what is successful is something like vampire survivors that is literally like one button. I guess it's the arrow keys, but it's like there's like no it's like it's like you just took all of video game history post fucking like Atari 2600 and just cut it off and said, don't care. It's like fucking enemies on, it's like fucking uh, like asteroids basically. But like you shoot automatically, like it's, it's, it's that simple. Right. And it's like depressing that there's not like almost like a revulsion of how like fucking simple and stupid it is that we're not just like, yeah, like, like there's more going on in terms of like pineapple on pizza and it's sort of situation and it's like 
cultural context or whatever than like vampire survivors is doing. And it's like you, I'm playing bone razor minions and I'm like thinking of this being like, wow, it sucks that my ability to enjoy stuff has been diminished to a fucking Skinner box where I'm like running around and like, it's fun to watch number go up. Like that's sad. You know, <laughs> that's not, that's not, doesn't feel like a big win. For okay. Games. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I mostly agree with it, but I think this is like, I think the vampire survivor thing, which by the way, coconut brings up vampire survivors, won best design and best game at the BAFTA. Stupid. So stupid. Okay. I think that it's just, it's made glaring this issue that has long existed in video games, which is that rift between video game as product, as fun object. It was like Goose Game won like a few years ago or whatever. And it's like, that's not, come on. That's not like. But, okay. But it's like there, we have so many different ways of defining what the quote good is in video games. Yeah. And all of them legitimate to a degree, right? Like. And I feel like we have not made a decision. We have not put our foot down with what that, what like what is qualitatively the quote good in video games, and and it's it almost feels impossible to do that because, you know, you have something like Vampire Survivors, which is so id level. Walk around, watch number go up, watch the slashy slash hack through a thousand baddies, and that's your whole gameplay experience. And then you have you know, your Disco Elysium, which is basically a piece of literature packaged as a video game that is interactive, and that's what makes it a video game. And for us, we value that. We value good writing. We value uh, this poss- like you know, large possibility space. We value mm-hmm. originality. But it's not like that means that Vampire Survivors is not a fun game, which is also a legitimate way to talk about video games, right? Like what sort of like, I guess like I sort of equate fun in this context is the same way that like Pixar knows how to make a sad movie because it's very easy to make something sad. I think it's very easy to make something fun when you're playing like a slot machine, like Vegas has a model that works, you know, it's not like it's hard to make an appealing slot machine. Uh, so that's, it's like, that's our, this is like locking into that. It's like, Oh, it's fun. Not because we did a lot of work to like come up with, I mean, games are hard to make. I know this, but it's like the core thing isn't necessarily fun as much as it's like compulsive. (laughs) And those are like very, very adjacent and sort of made bare and something like vampire survivors butts. I think when it comes to art, so like when it comes to the house bad end taste, we our kind of way around this is that we like to, you know, qualify what makes quote good fun as fun that is considered that has elegant design that is new, that is not appealing to our baser instincts is not a quote brain off game, even though we can appreciate those. Um, (laughs) And that's like our way around this, right? Is that like we do enjoy games that are just fun and that just feel good to play, but we draw the line somewhere when it comes to a vampire survivors, you know, and even, you know, calling vampire survivors best game at something like the BAFTAs feels like a take of its own to me where it's like, <laughs> it's an, it's like a very, it's a surprising decision in its own right. Like they knew what they were doing. It's right? honestly, it feels like the fucking, like feels like Macklemore, like winning best rap album or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh i heard well, that i heard like, of vampire. Wait, hey. my kids love vampire survivors yeah or like when justin timberlake won uh, got best album from pitchfork yeah one of the years you know where it's like hey you know what just because it's pop just because it's a game that could have come out you know in the 80s doesn't mean that it's bad by definition you know i mean if it's also feels a little bit like sort of thinking like in tomato meter perspectives with like critic score versus audience score. Right. Like the total, like the Oscars aren't going to give like the, like super Mario. They're not going to give that movie best movie of the year, but by like some metrics, it will be the best movie of the year. And I think that it's like a speaks a little bit to the lack of honestly, like the lack of, I think people actually playing video games that are in positions to hand out this stuff. 
Like there's like a ton of shit that comes out on steam a lot. And a lot of it is really interesting. And a lot of it doesn't get talked about. And like, I think to your point too, right? Like I think some of the best design or whatever could also be happening inside of expansions for like Hearthstone or final fantasy 14 and the best thinking is there, but like no one's playing that stuff to talk about it. So in some way it's this weird, like, well, it's a game that everyone knows. So I guess it's the best game, which is obviously a terrible metric to go by, but it is like a metric and vampire survivors by virtue of being fucking huge is also possible to attract new people to games. So by that metric, sure. It's like also the best game, but if you like care about moving games as like a medium forward, you're not going to give the Oscar to the Mario movie, you know? Um, okay. Let me ask you, let's do a little thought experiment here. I'm ready. If, if the original Donkey Kong had just come out today uh-huh. and nothing like it had ever been made before, would Donkey Kong be a good game? Like the OG one where like Mario's yeah. like jumping over barrels? Yeah. I mean, no, that game is bad for a lot of different reasons, but Tetris I think is a good game. Sure. If Tetris had not come out until yesterday, would it be a good game? Yeah, I think so. I think Tetris It's has, different because Tetris is like a well-designed, like there's, I, uh, Tetris is a good game. I guess right. I'm like, co- <laughs> it's such okay, a Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, Something about Vampire, I know what you're saying. To, to me, it feels like Vampire Survivors had a sort of originality to it and what it's doing. But it does feel like just a mishmash of like bullet hell game, um, tower defense game mashed into one thing as opposed to like its own thing. And I feel like that's the argument in, in the bad end sphere of me and you, well, how think, we think about this game. I is think it's why also maybe it's telling not, like... I think it's telling that a lot of the games that have come in its wake are like better than vampire survivors because it's a, it found like a, a formula or something versus being like, there's, it's hard to like, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, maybe in the case of like disco Elysium, but it's sort of hard to graft disco Elysium ness onto other games because it's the whole thing, like the whole thing matters. Whereas this is like, it was a, this is like one idea that's kind of like a template that's very easy to, it's like discovering like a new mechanic or something where you're like, okay, yeah, you can, you can pick one of three items. I guess that's fine. Actually in that respect, I think Slay the Spire is interesting as like a, maybe a comparable thing here where I think that Slay the Spire is really good. Uh, but it's also very designed. Like that game is very, very, very considered sort of top to bottom. And I think it's also in part because the fucking people who made it were like Netrunner nerds. Like they really cared about card design and like balance and stuff. And like that game is sort of iconoclastic for that and has like done a similar thing to this game or to Vampire Survivors in the sense of spawned copies. But Slay the Spire itself is still like the best. It's other games have had issues expanding or like trying to make a better Slay the Spire without like you will. People still play Slay the Spire now in a way that like people I don't think will still play vampire survivors as other games come up because other games just doing the thing, but better. So like the spire yeah. like got it right. And they, they and a lot of the stuff that they did maps directly to other considerations they made. Whereas like vampire survivors is just fucking ideas in a blender and like a good thing popped out. But like bone razor minions is better. Uh, was it 10 minutes to dawn is better. Brotato is better. They're all better than vampire survivors. I can, I can get on board with that. There's a certain je ne sais quoi, a certain like extra consideration to these games that makes it like, so for instance, like Smash Brothers, everyone talks about how Melee is like the best Smash, blah, 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 blah. And it's like just as, you know, designed as any other fighting game. It's just as designed as any other Smash game. You know, it was just as, you know, there's just as much going on there as in Smash 64. Yeah. But because of the way that, you know, it, you know, the elegance of how it all comes together, how how much all the systems were kind of considered, that's what kind of elevates it above those other games, even though on the surface, it's still the same thing going on. Or I think even um, in general, right? Like Smash is still like unparalleled. Like there's not even anything close to that sort of experience. Like despite valiant efforts by like lots of other companies, like they just got it yeah. right with Smash. And I think that, mm-hmm. that, that that's what I would give like a design award to is someone like that, like, Whereas like Vampire Survivors feels like a stake in the ground for something, I'll say new or different or whatever, but I don't think that means that we need to hold it up as like 
the best game of the year. Yeah. Especially when like better games that copied it came out in the same year. Did you watch the Mario movie? No. By the way, not, I've still not been to a theater since uh, COVID. Although we might go see the Mario movie because our, our child is vaccinated and we have a babysitter. So I'll go see fucking Chris Pratt for my first movie since COVID. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the conversation around this one has been a real barn burner. It's been everywhere. I've just caught whiff of just takes flying left and right. Just takes. Are there any questions? Does it matter how good this movie is? No. This doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I just, it is a funny time to like come out, I guess. Like it's sort of weird. Like what's this movie sort of doing? Like That's big, my thing. Big like it's action like, movies now like are trying to sell something. Like a Marvel movie comes out so you can like buy action figures and like comics and books and games. But like there's not a new Mario game even announced. There's not. Like, I guess it's a theme park in Japan. <laughs> well, now it's in the, it's in LA. Oh, in LA, right. And there's one in LA now, but it's like, what's, why I, now? Like, and that's my thing is like, do it with the new console, this, right? Like do it when the switch launches. That makes more sense. Like, you, you, like, go movie see the movie. I mean, yeah. Which they have. They've definitely sold, sold tickets. A lot. <laughs> it's just sort of funny. Cause I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it's also sort of retroactively it's looking back to just making a fun animated movie. That's not trying to tie into a global marketing campaign, but at the same time, it's sort of weird that it's like maybe delay the launch of your next console to the Mario movie or like someone's going to come out as me and be really excited about Mario and they're going to go buy fucking Mario Odyssey. Maybe, but like that's not going to be in the fucking end cap at target. Super Mario maker. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the logical Kaizo. next step. <laughs> Kaizo games. <laughs> Grand Pooh World 2. Um They're gonna buy Mario Kart. They're gonna keep buying Mario Kart 8. Couple questions. Now that Mario is the Apple Apple of Illumination Entertainment's eye, how long will it be before the Mario characters replace minions on your boomer ants Facebook page? There was there was some fucking meme that I saw. I think it was posted in Bad End like months ago, where it was like your mom's meme page now. And it was like a minion holding a glass of wine. And it's like your mom's meme page after the Mario movie. And it was like toad holding a glass of wine or something. <laughs> I don't know. We could, she could check Facebook and see what like the toad memes are. Did they actually, did they actually minionify toad? Cause I think that was the, that was the, th- the philosophy. I don't think that'll ever happen. Like, especially with how protective Nintendo is over its IPs. Is there a minions wonderful equivalent? article? Is there a Minions equivalent in the Mario movie? Mm, Shy Guys? Koopa Troopas? So there are, there's like, I can see Shy Guys. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the Mario movie. Oh, I thought you saw it. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, yeah it's, that's for kids. It's for kids. If the movie was good, what would... Uh, that? Would, okay, okay. It, it was good. If the movie is bad... Okay, like, does does anything hinge on the quality of the Mario movie? Like, we've had a thousand good, really good kids movies. We've had a thousand really bad kids movies. This is but this is where I'm at. I'm like, why why is this movie coming out now? Yeah, I also I mean, I seemingly out of fucking nowhere, right? It like, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. There's no. <laughs> Nintendo's moment. like, here's our ten year film strategy. We got Detective Pikachu. We Captain got, Toad. Cap, no, Captain, Detective Pikachu came out. We have the Mario and oh that's our that's our strategy. Wow, yeah, you're right. Tech, Detective Pikachu did come out. And then Sonic was owned by Sega. Yes. There were there were two Sonic movies. The one with teeth and one without the teeth. <laughs> Ugly Sonic. Well, Ugly Sonic never came out. That's true. Is the Sonic franchise slash ip forever stuck in meme status will we ever see another truly seriously great sonic video game no sonic games have been good first off second off people really like that most recent one the 2d one there are no good sonic games is the official bad end (laughs) (laughs) sonic has like failed upward throughout its whole life 
the only well, thing Sonic, Sonic has going for it is the meme. Wait, like, what about the new one? Didn't people really like the Breath of the Wild one? No. I, th- I thought it got mixed reviews. Um, there's going to be... It's rated very positive on Steam with 14,000 reviews. Sonic Frontiers. The Breath of the Wild one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Breath of the Wild one. Sonic... If Listen, you want your classic Sonic that's also still bad. Sonic Mania. You want your 3D newfangled Sonic, Sonic Frontiers. Both are there was very the positive on Bioware Steam. Sonic, Sonic uh, Brotherhood, Sonic Chronicles the Dark Brotherhood or whatever. Wait, what? Yeah, the Bioware one. Are you fucking with me right now? No. I think we've talked about this on this show before. Actually, the only good Sonic game is Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Low-key, mm, super, super goaded cart game. Yeah. And Puyo Puyo Tetris, which I guess counts as being in the sonic universe is there like a sonic puyo puyo look here's sonic chronicles the dark brotherhood that sounds fake bioware for the nintendo ds oh i got some ds jank ds sonic but you're pulling it up on the on the vid on the vod that's weird as hell bioware (laughs) made this yeah (laughs) i want a good good sonic game what does it doesn't mean anything? What does it even mean? What do you what do you want from a Sonic game? I like the character Sonic. Okay. I don't like a lot of characters as much as I like Sonic. Okay. And Sonic deserves better games. Okay, but what's the game? I don't know. It could be anything. It's like like a what about like a murder mystery set on a train? Oh, now we're talking. You like that? You like the yeah? You, like you know what I want more than a good Sonic game though. It's a good Mega Man game. I that does I need feel another like Mega should, Man Legends. Feels like that should uh, happen. Mega Man Legends is the best game. It that game did, does not get it's the recognition it deserves. Mega Man Legends. Yeah. Which one was that? It was the action RPG. Oh. There was also a Legends two, I believe, and the Misadventures of Tron Bon. Used to talk about these on the playground as a kid. Mega Man went to some weird places in like the sort of 360 era. That was like when the um, like Battle Network. People really like Battle Network. Yeah, but Legends was even earlier than that. Well, there was that. Um, what was that game? I was I was like Big Hero Six. There was a Kickstarter game that was supposed to be like a Mega Man reboot that like did bad. Oh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. That was like, it felt like a Kickstarter, Kickstarter Mega Man. Yeah. It is surprising. As, like they, I feel like maybe they'll see what's going on with, I mean, Metroid Dread. Like, I feel like they're going to do that. You can do Mega Man. I guess I don't, I don't know who owns Mega Man. Capcom? Would Nintendo publish it? Or could they do it on Steam? Capcom opening little logo thing, by the way, the OG, goaded. Goated. <laughs> The little lines coming in. Oh, man. Man, I tell you what, though. There's so much stuff on Steam. Yes, there is. But, like, there's so much stuff on Steam. Like, following these, like, market reports where basically, like, every week they send out an email that's like, here's what did well on Steam this week. It is perpetually insane to me how much, like, none of it gets talked about. Yeah. There's just too much. But like, there's there's so much that it feels like we talk about games less. <laughs> like, there's like, yeah, you just double down on like waiting for every game gets game. a little bit less attention because it's so yeah. split. It's just um, surprising. It's like there's so much just like stuff coming out. Like you haven't even mentioned that, Dredge. Yeah, I'm trying to play Dredge before next week too. That could be a good um, bad end listener. Judge play, Dredge. Play, play Dredge. <laughs> Someone said it's like a really tight five, six hour game, which is right in my sweet spot. Oh, so. nice. Tight five, tight five. Tight five, yeah. Anything else? Uh no. End it there. I'm just rolling in this ASMR beauty of Capcom <laughs> logo. Capcom's logo starting. That sound, man, and the way the thing lights up. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Nothing has come close to this. What about? Yeah, I didn't have to do it. Yeah, you just knew right there. Yeah, no, I mean, 
GameCube is good. PlayStation was always vibey. PlayStation 2 was so vibey. It was like, like, whoa. Yeah, I know. PS1. Oh, man. PS1 uh, logo sound. PS1 startup sound. (laughs) So good. Frank Ocean uses that on Channel Orange. Yeah, he does. As a kid, okay. As a grown man, tears running around the running down the cheek. Man, this shit was epic. (laughs) Imagine being that guy who just makes these. I think about that, dude, the Steam reviews, like there's a whole culture of Steam reviews now. People just saying weird shit in Steam reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every like Steam page is its own mini social network. <laughs> weird like ASCII art. <laughs> uh, it's got its own like meme system, meme ecosystem. Okay. Wrap? Wrap it. Wrap it up, buddy. Wrap it and slap it. Um... Yeah, that was episode number 122 of Bad End Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Bad End Podcast. Uh, email us at badendpod at gmail.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes. And uh, consider contributing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash badend, if you want to be part of the greatest video game community on the internet. Yeah, we'll call it that. Um, (laughs) from myself and my wonderful co-host Kyle thanks again for listening we'll see you in the next one later Thank you.